Nick wants to know, if your pets could speak, what would they say about you? Why are you so hairy? Madison beats me apis. I love it. And what would they say about you and Nickelodeon? We prefer the animal shows. We like Flipper. Uh, I wish Timmy would turn up the volume so I could hear through my shell. After Billy watches Guts, we take brisk walks. Usually in a good mood after watching Nick. Nickelodeon, tuned into kids and their pets too. Welcome to Splat Attack, a 90s podcast overflowing into the slime-filled past. I'm your freak on a leash, Brett. And I'm your karma chameleon, I mean, iguana, Alex. And Brett, yes, what, brings Alex. Us, what brings us to the pet shop today? Well, I've been meaning to take a break from podcasting to find some work-life balance. Uh, since I spend too much time on the computer, as we all know, <laughs> I wanted to do more things that taping, take me beyond the screen so I can appreciate life again. Plus, I love animals, so this seems like the right place to be now. I beg to differ. Shouldn't you be outside in a park or at a museum or something? Oh, I was. <laughs> Turns out I got bored real quick trying to make friends with strangers glued to their phones, you know, in the real world. Uh, and then it hit me. Who likes to be by my side all the time, no matter where I go? No, it's not my wife. <laughs> it's actually my lovable companion, Nikau. Say hi, Nikau. Hi, everybody. Nikau. Hi, everybody. Am I on a podcast right now? <laughs> That's okay, Nika. I won't put too much pressure on you. Uh, I'm just happy to spend quality time with my pet over there. He's he's just lounging about doing what he does best. And uh, we're here to celebrate our, our favorite pet, Nick Pets, today. And he's certainly my favorite pet, as well as my wife's. Well, I'm sure your wife is rolling her eyes at you right now, just as, you, as you're watching this episode along with her. Yeah, yeah, well, it's okay. She's she's had plenty of times to be on the podcast. Other than uh, the Snick episode we did with Sam Reacts, this is Nikau's second time, so I want to give him more of a chance to get comfortable on Splat Attack. <laughs> Real comfortable. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I want to give a shout-out to my wife, Monica, for suggesting this episode topic way back in Season 3 when we were working on the schedule for Season 4. So... Thank you, Monica. I appreciate doing this, and we're going to have a lot of fun here today. Well, thank you, Monica. We appreciate the input. Well, Brett, this one is losing her little mind, so let's get started before the deafening sounds of parrot squawks, fish tank bubbling, and puppy yips make me lose my hearing. Come on, <laughs> Olivia. Yep. Yeah, let's, let's not waste any more time. <laughs> Uh, so for my first pick for favorite Nick pets, I'm going to choose uh, a popular pick, and it's no surprise that I love dogs very much. I grew up uh, loving dogs uh, ever since I was a young child. We always had dogs in my family. Um, some cats too, but I, was, I always gravitated more towards dogs, playing outside with them, feeding them, going on hikes with them, stuff like that. And so I picked this one because when I see them on TV, I just really love how this character embodies the spirit of a dog. He's always excited, he's always happy, 
he's always there to be by his his uh, owner's side, you know, through and through. Even if he does get himself into a few hairy situations throughout the course of this show, uh, but he he just has a lot of love to give, uh, including a couple of ticks who have their own spinoff episodes on the show. Of course, I'm talking about Spunky from Rocco's Modern Life. And why I love him is because, you know, he's cute, he's dopey, he's Rocco's companion through and through. And uh, he even gets a few episodes dedicated to him, such as Dirty Dog and Clean Lovin' when he has to take a bath or uh, he falls in love with a mop and he doesn't know how to, how to handle the, the romance. And I just, I just love seeing him on screen. He always puts a smile on my face, even if he just walks across the, you know, the scene in the living room doing his little... <laughs> you know, his typical barking and his quick little wet, uh, tail wagging. And uh, one episode I particularly love his performance is Camera Shy, which we'll be covering on Patreon later this season. Well, I'm actually going to go uh, in, in a bit of uh, reverse from oh. my, my list. Uh, I'm going to start at in, in my, my, the bottom of my list and work my way up. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of my picks is the character of Tasha. And a lot of 90s Nick fans are probably not going to remember who Tasha was uh, because this was technically not a Nickelodeon original, but it was a re-syndicated show that came on Nickelodeon in the 90s. And it was from Land of the Lost. Oh, and, wow. And Tasha was a dinosaur. Mm. Uh, she was uh, a... How do you pronounce it? I got to look it up again because I can't ever say the name of this dinosaur right she, she, she was a saurolophus snuffleupagus <laughs> I've never heard of that dinosaur type uh, but um, the the show is, is always you know the, this family time traveled and end up in dinosaur times and they're trying to survive and they came across this like caveman type character who helps them out but they also ended up was there, uh, there when an egg had hatched, and that became Tasha. And she was a pet dinosaur to the family. Uh, she's like a small child, the size of a small child. And she is the only dinosaur who can accurately express what she is thinking, how she's feeling, has uh, a really good understanding of what human interactions and emotions are and unlike most dinosaurs has really really good um, mobility with her hands so she can manipulate things really well she's a really cool character and the only one the only dinosaur who can really talk to them and well not talk but uh, although she does for one episode because she gets that mm -hmm. ability but she's just a, it's just a cool character and who wouldn't want a pet dinosaur it's pretty awesome yeah, that's like every 90s kid's fantasy growing up uh, is to like have one to ride around or like eat their enemies or you know, <laughs> just stomp around or uh, blame the, not doing their homework on them. It's, it's just one of those dreams that everyone shares in the collective unconscious. It's great. I haven't even seen Land of the Lost in a long time since I was a kid. Uh, but if you're able to find footage of that, definitely uh, show it here so that people can get an idea of you know what the pet looks like and some of her mannerisms oh yeah definitely got some footage for you aren't you glad we have tasha she gave you the idea yeah tasha you're okay for a dinosaur 
Well, my, net pi my next pick should come as no surprise because he's right behind me. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about Porkchop the dog from Doug, of course. And I feel like that any, anything I say about him doesn't do him justice because he's just, he's just like a, he, he embodies the term man's best friend through and through. Like he's got a great personality. He's got a little bit of anthropomorphism to him so that, you know, he stands on his own two legs. He does a lot of crazy things similar to Courage the Cowardly Dog on Cartoon Network where he's, he's capable of opposable thumbs and picking up things and getting into hairy situations and all that stuff. And I just love him because he's always there for Doug and Skeeter and really any, any of his friends uh, when they're in a pinch. Like the Christmas episode immediately comes to mind how he mm -hmm. saved BB from the thin ice without a second thought. And even though everyone was against him for most of the episode, which I dislike, um, I still appreciate that they are able to come around and come to their senses and realize that he is he has a heart of gold through and through. And some particular episodes that come to mind for me when thinking of Porkchop's like finest moments uh, involve Doug's dog's date where he like gets all dressed up to go on a date and then he finds out that uh, another dog like some sort of bulldog type thing is is dating this pink dog with like blonde hair that he fell in love with and then uh, Doug's pet capades of course where he competes in like a local Bluffington pet contest uh, it's, it's like a talent show and he ends up doing the I'm a dog you're a dog everybody do the dog doggy rap which I really love and then uh, Doug's secret song as well because he accompanies Doug in the booth when he's like playing banjo and royally screwing up the lyrics of his song and he, he ends up doing like a Mission Impossible thing where he goes up into BB's bedroom during her slumber party to try and switch the tapes and then ends up busting out the the maracas and the like uh, Ricky Ricardo Babalu kind of outfit where he's just doing limbo while Doug and Skeeter are trying to find him and get the tape back so I mean this this dog is full of personality and he's a he's a fan favorite among many 90s Nickelodeon kids so it's it's no surprise to find him on my list because I'm also a big Doug fan well my uh next pet up and I will have uh, a lot to say uh, well I should say I will have very much the same sentiments that you have for later in the uh, in the countdown but my next pet up is Oscar and this is another one that a, a lot of 90s Nick fans are going to have a, a, a bit difficult time remembering unless you are a diehard fan of Secret World of Alex Mack because oh. uh, there's there's a few out there who are diehard fans and they'll know exactly who Oscar is. Oscar was a chimpanzee and yes. uh, and he was one that uh, the plant ended up doing experimentation on and he drank handfuls of the GC-161 that gave Alex Mack her powers and the chimpanzee got all of the same powers that Alex Mack does uh, telekinesis, uh, zapping with the fingers and morphing into uh, the liquid metal um, the Capri Sun look and uh, <laughs> The main episode, I mean, he's only on a couple of episodes, but, I mean, it's just a chimpanzee who gets loose and is now an animal with Alex Mack's powers that could do anything. But the thing I like so much about it is not so much the chimpanzee, but more Dave. Yes, because uh, he befriends those... the chimp. 
Yes. For for those who don't remember, Dave was the truck driver who accidentally gave Alex Mack her powers in the very first episode, and he's he's a bumbling buffoon with a heart of gold. And as Brett had said, he befriends the uh, the Oscar and takes him home and takes care of him at his home as opposed to taking him back to the plant because they're just going to mistreat him there. And we don't see... I think we see Oscar again in the very last episode where we still see that Dave is still taking care of Oscar. But watching the two of them just be together in his tiny little home, and he's... They're both happy. Uh, It's kind of adorable. And yes, it'd be awesome to have a dinosaur as a pet, but to have a chimpanzee with Alex Max powers that that slightly trumps it with me. It's pretty, that's a pretty awesome concept. Yeah. Yeah. He's very laid back too. I, I really appreciate their relationship throughout the show. Even if it's, it doesn't really like escalate to anything as serious as Alex Max story arc. Yes. I mean, it's, I think that episode was just a Christmas episode. The and, gift. Yeah. Yep. And uh, it was a, it was a very good episode. Uh, Cassandra actually had talked about it at length for our favorite holidays episode, but uh, it's a good episode. Uh, and the last episode is also a very touching one. So mm-hmm. if you if you're an Alex Mack fan and you haven't seen the show in a long time, go check those two episodes out. They're really good. Yeah, I'm glad we were able to mention that show again on our podcast because we usually don't get a chance to talk about it much, at least until we can do some episode reviews or an anniversary for it. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get around to it, Alex Mack fans. Don't worry. Indeed. So for my third pick, this is going to be a little bit unconventional yet totally predictable because I feel like <laughs> I feel like there's a pattern emerging here with my five picks where uh, they're of the canine variety, <laughs> and I say variety with quotes. Uh, so <laughs> everyone knows how I love to work it. Are you afraid of the dark into the podcast into some way, shape, or form every episode, or at least almost every episode? And uh, I found a clever way to integrate it into this one a couple of times. So um, for those who remember this episode, you, it, it's a very divisive one. It, some people love it, some people don't get it. Uh, I personally hated it as a kid, but I learned to love it when I understood what the director was going for, which is Ron Oliver, one of the more prominent ones of the horror anthology. And this is from The Tale of the Full Moon, one of Frank's stories, and it's Gordon the Werewolf. And what's interesting about him is that he turns like he starts out to be a villain because Jed and his friend Huey are looking for like, they're, they're trying to solve a mystery of why all the cats in the neighborhood have gone missing. And they go through great lengths to try and figure it out so that he, they can earn enough money for Jed to buy a dog because he's always wanted a, a pet dog, but her, his mother wouldn't let him get one. And then it turns out that when Jed's mother falls in love with the man across the street, Mr. Anchors, uh, he has a twin brother that suffers from lycanthropy, which makes him a werewolf, and his name's Gordon. And so after they have that kind of confrontation in Gordon's bedroom, which looks like a prison cell with a couple of adornments to it, including some chicken wire in the window, uh, they end up getting together, like Jed's mom and Mr. Anchors, and it turns out Jed gets Gordon as a pet. So in a way, he got what he wanted, just in a more unconventional way. And I really love how they just become best friends at the end, even if it isn't like directly shown through the camera. But they're having this barbecue in the backyard and they're celebrating like an anniversary or something. And they're wearing Hawaiian shirts and all like a typical 1950s block party. And Jed throws like this weird nod, like 
human leg. I can't, can't really tell. It's very strange, but it looks like it's some sort of gnawed leg of an animal. And he ends up catching it in the in the front of the full moon, and we see Gordon's claw, like holding it up with like um, the Hawaiian shirt sleeve beneath it. And I really love the imagery. I really love the character and how he looks and how he was just mis misunderstood. He wasn't necessarily villain and he just happens to have an appetite for cats because he doesn't know what else to eat that his brother won't feed him. So <laughs> I know a little bit, a little bit different, but uh, I think if you like the episode, you'll understand why I like him as a pet. Yeah, that's, that's a fun episode. That's probably one of the more fun are you afraid of the dark episodes in the series because it, it starts really serious and then goes into campy and it's it's fun i really yeah. like that one yeah especially in season two when the episodes get a little bit heavier towards the end mm -hmm. with the twists and like the subject matter uh this is like a breath of fresh air in between some of the more serious ones yeah it's a, it's a nice uh, change of pace indeed uh my third pick uh we are venturing out of some of the more obscure ones and probably into one of the more popular well it's not probably it is one of the more popular ones because we are going into nick jr territory mm. and of course if we're going to be talking our favorite pets and we're going to nick jr it's you've got to have yep you you've got to have blue you you can't uh i have i had said before how as a kid i just wasn't into blues clues but again i was too old for it i, I was not the target demographic at the time but uh ironically it was steve's insistence to get the audience engaged that was really annoying to me as a kid the character of blue i always found adorable mm -hmm. and uh even now going back and watching it again as an adult and appreciating it far more as an adult especially now that i have little ones myself blue is such a cute character uh, and I remember how frustrated I was when I found out that Blue was a girl. Uh, <laughs> because Blue, it's the, the dog is Blue, <laughs> and, and, and you expect it. Typically, Blue is a, is a boy's color, like you had said. So mm -hmm. every everyone I knew always associated that Blue was a was a boy, and and it was a girl. But uh, that that took me quite a bit to have to adjust to because he never says her or she. It's always Blue. Have yep. you seen Blue, my puppy? But uh, Blue's always playing, always cheerful, always happy to do just about everything. You hardly ever see the dog sad. I don't think pup, uh, I don't think Blue's ever really gotten sad throughout the whole run. Maybe a little tired, or I think they might have done a, a sick episode at one point, mm -hmm. so it was a little weak. But uh, yeah, he was a little weak. Uh, she was a little weak. But uh, <laughs> Blue has always just been a happy, jovial, easygoing, dancing, game-playing puppy. And how can you not like that? Yeah, yeah, that's a great pick. And I would have put her on my list, too, if I thought Nick Jr. was game because I grew up watching that show with my sister and especially my younger brother, who's eight years younger than me. And we really loved how the character made it fun to like go through Steve's house and find the clues and see all the different activities that we could replicate at home, like, I don't know, baking cookies or like finger painting and stuff like that. And I think later on they added a few more dog characters like Magenta, mm -hmm. her friend, and then yep. like this green dog with more rounded ears. I forgot his or her name, but uh, it's it's nice that they they d build up the community of characters and especially the pets too, so that she feels like she has a fully lived in world uh, mm -hmm. where Steve lives. Yeah. Cool. 
Well, uh, my fourth pick, man, we're just running right through these really quick. This might be the <laughs> shortest episode we've ever done. That's all right. Um, my fourth pick is a, a little bit of a deeper cut as well, in addition to the Are You For The Dark one, but it comes from a Nicktoon. And the reason why I picked this one is because when I first saw the episode growing up in 1994, I absolutely fell in love with this character when I saw it on TV. Uh, uh, it's it's from Aro Monsters, and it's from the episode Puppy Chow, and her name is Fungus, but her name that was given to her by her human owners is Daffodil. So Daffodil slash Fungus is my fourth pick. And she is a Labrador Bark and Bite, as Oblina classifies her, and runs into Ickis during a late night scare in the suburbs in uh, the episode. And upon escaping back to the Monster Academy in the dump, the puppy ends up following Ickis uh, there, and he and Crumb and Oblivion can't really get rid of her. She just keeps following him and like wants to play and like, you know, really, really cute. And uh, they decide, well, what can we do? Let's let's keep her. And Ickis decides to like make her his pet, and they they squabble a bit him and Oblina. Uh, about what the the dog should be named. He wants fungus, she wants pustule, but she Obelina finds the dog more of a nuisance and a burden because of the responsibility of taking a care of a pet, which is, you know, something to consider from a more logical standpoint. But Ikus is all about just having fun and playing with the dog, uh, like throwing a trash can frisbee, uh, lid frisbees and that sort of thing and rolling around in the mud together. And uh, it, it, it's funny how how the dog interacts with other monsters at the Monster Academy, particularly the Gromble, because uh, I think his shoes get eaten up in, at, at one point and we hear a loud resonating yell throughout the entire dump. And it's like, okay, I guess that's the point where Ickis has to return the dog because he clearly can't handle the responsibility of keeping a human dog, even though he loves her very much. So at the end, uh, he brings her back to her house where the episode started, and they have a very heartfelt goodbye. Um, I teared up a little bit when I saw it because I could feel for the dog and their bond together, and I relate a lot to Ickis as a character in the show. So uh, it was very sweet. It's a cute dog. And, of course, they have the special Ickis and Fungus song that, that Crumb sings while they're having a montage of playing around, which we can put a clip of right here. It's, it's very adorable. Ickis and Fungus, he's not a virus, don't call him pustule. <laughs> fungus and Ickis, barks cause he likes us. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I have to say about that one. Alex, <laughs> what is your fourth pet pick? Uh, my fourth pet pick, or going in reverse, my uh, number two pet pick, is Spike from Rugrats. Uh, I, much, much like Brett, most of my picks are dogs and although I don't have a dog here uh, all I have are two cats but uh, I there's far more cooler dog characters on Nickelodeon than there is cats uh, Spike is I love Spike he's a cool dog I mean he is he's lazy but when it comes time to help take care of the Rugrats he's there uh, I think outside of the the little toddler's world spike is the only character who really understands that they know what they're doing and he's there to support in any adventure that they get themselves into um spike is a better parent than Stu and Dee Dee. Uh-huh. uh uh but uh 
I mean, he's there. He helps protect after a big dog. He helps protect against Angelica's cat. Uh, he looks after them constantly. A vigilant watcher, even though often he you you wouldn't think so because he's always sleeping. But it's a good dog, and and I love the design for him. Uh, if I ever had a, a big dog, I'm not much of a big dog person. I'm more of a small dog person. But if mm. I ever had a big dog, I would want a Spike. Yeah. He, I, I, I wonder what type of breed he is, if he's like a made-up breed or something based on a real one. Nikau, have you ever seen Spike on Rugrats before? Well, I think I saw Rugrats once or twice, but I don't, I don't know who he is or what he does. <laughs> he, he does that, Nico. That's exactly what he does. Oh, he, he likes sleeping like me? Yes. I guess he's cool then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another great pick. Uh, I might end up mentioning him later in my list too. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he's always there for Tommy and, and even the babies too, like to transport them around or protect them from dangers. And uh, we even get to see him in the All Grown Up spinoff later on uh, when that shows up in, I think, the early 2000s. Yep. And he's he's there. He's a little bit heavier, a little bit slower, a little bit yep. older. I, I feel bad for him, but at least he's still alive and kicking because as far as I know, Grandpa <laughs> Lou's nowhere to be found, which might mean that he passed away by the time that spinoff came around. Yep. Um, but yeah, yeah, I like Spike a lot. I'm trying to think of any. Oh, oh, uh, do you remember the episode Spike the Wonder Dog where it's like Oodles the Talking mm-hmm. Poodle and they try to make him talk with the bow tie and the walkie-talkie? Yeah. That, that was a great Spike moment for me when I when I watched Rugrats growing up, just pretending that he could talk because as kids we, we want to communicate more deeply with our animals and we wish they could talk so that they could talk like us and have conversations. So that that's a highlight episode for me of Spike that I can recall. Hi, I'm Doug. My master made me this collar. My master made me this collar. He is a good and smart master, and he made me this collar so that I may talk. Squirrel! Yeah, Nikai loves to chase squirrels. Uh, It's very difficult to walk him sometimes because the areas we take him on walks to go to the bathroom are are littered with oak trees with fallen acorns. So as soon as he sees one, he gets super still like a statue and then like drags me through the mud just to try and chase him across the street. It's, It's wild. What is your final pick? I think I hear a dog barking outside. I heard one too. <laughs> I, angered, I angered him that I didn't mention him on this podcast. Or maybe he doesn't like Spike. I don't know. Um, my final pick is a different one because it's a pig, but it's a pig that thinks he's a dog. So in a weird way, all five of my picks on this list are dogs, if you want to stretch that idea. So but it's babe. No, no. Baram you. Rest in peace, Kristen Kavanaugh. She played, uh, she voiced mm-hmm. Babe. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a good film. But nope, not, not Babe. Uh, it's actually Abner, the potbelly pig from Hey Arnold. And the reason why I love him is that he has a very similar cheerful personality uh, to Spunky, where he's always there for Arnold. He's a little bit on the dopey side, and he doesn't always understand Arnold's commands. Uh, Like one time, like I think Arnold either had him sniff a collar or like a lock of Helga's hair to see if he could like 
find something. Maybe it's his hat. It's one of the like season one episodes with Hey Arnold. And then he runs out and then he later comes back and like Arnold's disappointed because all Abner found was like a bunch of mushrooms that he just dumps onto the floor in the boarding house. So he he's well intentioned, but he's not the most competent dog slash pig <laughs> out there. Um, just a little bit of background about Abner is that he was given to Arnold's parents, who's named uh, Miles and Stella, as we find out in the journal and the jungle movie, as a wedding gift from the Green Eyed People. And uh, he often greets Arnold in the boarding house when he comes home after a long day. So whenever he opens the door and like all those pets rush out in the beginning of those episodes, you usually see him hidden somewhere in that, in that mob of animals, uh, kind of like Where's Waldo. You can usually spot him. Um, Abner did end up appearing in 18 episodes across the series, 100 episode run, and also the 90s and 2017 Jungle movie. And I'd re I would recommend watching the season one episode, Abner Come Home, to see uh, Abner in his most positive light possible because he goes missing and Arnold is really distraught over finding him and he ends up showing up in in the end and the the way he jumps into arnold's like the way he pounces him and knocks him to the ground uh after like narrowly avoiding being cut up by a butcher when abner's roaming the sydney it's uh it, it's very sweet it, it's definitely like a awe moment oh real monsters moment. like oh not ah! <laughs> not to be do you confused. know how many people do that I have n I've never okay so I'm an an admin over on a Nickelodeon group and in order uh -huh. for them to join one of the questions is what is your favorite what is one of your favorite Nickelodeon shows 90s Nickelodeon shows and a lot of times people will answer all real monsters but it's spelled a w like no it's no. Not all real monsters there's a lot of different spellings floating around there, but I have studied this to a T. I've searched multiple sources. So this is the correct way for anyone who needs to know. It's three A's, the first one capital, then two H's, and then three exclamation points. Yep. So it's a short burst of, ah, real monsters. <laughs> so you have to say it that way to make it correct. <laughs> FYI, there's a slime, Slimester tip for you. <laughs> but I like all real monsters. Aw, real monsters. No, that's that's for like Murray in the episode Monsters Don't Dance, where he's like, oh yeah, and don't forget to buy a Murray monster. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so what what is your last pick, Alex, for your favorite Nick Pet? My favorite Nick Pet is Porkchop. I, I loved Porkchop when I was a kid. I love Porkchop now. Uh, Porkchop was one of the few characters that make me want to have a dog. Uh, I remember being a kid and wanting to have a dog, but I wasn't allowed to, and I was afraid of big dogs. I was very intimidated by them. But having a small dog, I can handle that. And Porkchop is just a cool character, man. Uh, I mean, he is laid back. But he will go and do anything. I mean, he's the life of the party. Anytime he shows up, people are excited that Porkchop is there. I mean, BB even had her own. Was it was BB had her own slumber party? Yep, and, we mentioned that earlier. <laughs> and uh, and he had to. Uh, he ended up crashing it, and and was they were all cheering him on. Hello, can you go, go BB? <laughs> You wouldn't believe me if I told you. But uh, anytime he shows up, anyone, everyone's just 
happy to be around him. And yeah. like like Brett had said, the the Christmas episode and how he stood up that that also is a standout for me. But how he's just willing to do anything. He'll play musical instruments. He he grabs Doug's Walkman and goes around and listens to music and uh, is often gives very very good advice to Doug just in expressions and sounds yep. and gets frustrated with Doug when he doesn't do it. But he's also very supportive of Doug. Whenever Doug is sad or upset, he's there. Ooh, and it's, it is the very embodiment of what we expect a dog to be whenever we're close to them. And um, it, it's, it is the coolest dog character. I, I love Blue. Uh, I love Spike. But Porkchop is hands down my absolute favorite Nick pet. Yeah, I'd love to pick Jim Jenkins' brain about his uh, inception of Porkchop and how he decided to characterize him the way he did. Because he, he doesn't quite fit the mold of a dog uh, in the realm of Bluffington, but I think he's all the better for it because he stands out as like an in-between dog-human character to yeah. like, you know, be that connecting point. And I will say that he is the only animal to dress like James Bond in the entire, all, all oh, the, yeah. the whole library of, of uh, Nickelodeon characters. There was no turning back. Um, well, before we do our honorable mentions, let's cut to a commercial and uh, take a break to restock our dog food and pet feed so that none of our favorite Nick pets go hungry. He's the star of Nick's newest Nicktoon. But what is Arnold really like? His friends say... Arnold, you're bold. He's bold. Arnold, you're a pal. A bold pal. Arnold! I can't believe how handsome you're getting. A bold pal who's handsome. Arnold, what a boob. A bold pal handsome boob. And yet, oh, what a dreamboat. Huh? Anyway, see for yourself in two weeks on Hey Arnold, when you get more Nick. Gakoids, take heed. We are venturing into other dimensions as we gaze into the Super Specs for our latest Patreon exclusive. The Tale of the Super Specs is a landmark episode for Are You Afraid of the Dark? And we are giving our official episode review of it. But to do this, we must have some others around the campfire to keep us company. We are joined by Cortland from Up All Night Podcast, Amethyst from our Stick Stickly Patreon exclusive episode, and Sardo himself, Richard Dumont, returns to the Slime Tank for this special review. Join us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash splatattack to gain access to bonus episodes, early access live streams, and more. Also, if you enjoy our content, please hit the like button, subscribe, and hit that notification bell. If you are a listener using podcast apps, please leave us a review where possible. We love this community of nostalgic content creators that is continuing to grow, and these simple actions on your part will continue to help that growth. Put on your super specs, and we'll see you at the Magic Mansion. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
doo-doo. Wacky Dingo is based on a few real-life events involving Brett and his dog, Nikau. Other events may be fictionalized or exaggerated for comedic effect. Stay tuned to Splat Attack Podcast for more Wacky Dingo animated shorts. Alrighty, we're, we're back from our break. We fed our animals and uh, they're much more quiet and more calm now so that we can continue talking about our honorable mentions, dishonorable mentions, and some picks from our slimesters out there. Uh, before we move on, Nikau, do you have anything to add since you've been relatively quiet for the episode? Nikau? Nikau, you there? Nikau? Don't bother me, Dad. I'm tired. <laughs> Got a long day tomorrow. Nikau? <laughs> He's usually more responsive. Well, not now. <laughs> this is what happens when we record at night. <laughs> uh, well i'll come back to him later maybe he'll have an answer for me <laughs> <laughs> well i guess we'll move on with our honorable mentions then uh while our pets take five and we'll come back to them for their thoughts on nickelodeon pets so my first honorable mention is going to be a popular pick because it's an unconventional pet and this goes with a very unconventional character of nickelodeon because she was very much a trendsetter in the early 90s and of course, I'm talking about Elvis the Alligator from Clarissa Explains It All. Uh, while Elvis didn't stick around the Darling residence past season one due to Mitchell Kriegman affirming his cutaway footage as quote-unquote boring, he's still a fun pet uh, for a fun girl that dared to be different back then when, you know, she was kind of part of the counterculture that Bart Simpson was also pushing forward. Uh, many fans wonder where Elvis exactly ended up today, and I actually found out a blog post on Bustle titled, What Happened to Elvis the Alligator, which we'll show a screenshot of right here, uh, which postulates his whereabouts in Hollywood. His time was very short, uh, but his presence was still appreciated by many Clarissa slash Alligator fans. Uh, side note, on Big Orange Couch 165th episode, right in episode summer, uh, which is an episode that I guest starred on, along with their guest, Bob. Uh, he he wrote a story called Elvis Has Left the Building, which explains why Elvis went missing between season one and season two. So if you're curious and want to like spark your imagination with a possible theory, definitely check that episode out on their podcast. Um, also, side note, uh, I think in 2021, yeah, summer of 2021, when I turned 32, I had alligator for the first time at a restaurant and it was very tough and spongy, but it had an amazing dipping sauce. So I managed to power through it. For all I know, that could have been Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm, if I recall correctly in the slimed book um, by Matt Klickstein, I think, I think that was his name again, but uh I think it was also asked what happened to Elvis. And um, while uh, Mitchell Krigman did say that the, the footage was boring, I think they had also said that the alligator went through a huge growth spurt between the mm. two seasons. And then it definitely became much more of a safety hazard to have him in Clarissa's room. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like, nah, 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 nah. And her hand's just like sticking out of his... Uh gaping mouth as he's swallowing her whole from still in his like little kitty pool but he's clearly overhanging it 
Yeah, no, I could totally understand that. I, I'm not too familiar with how fast or how big alligators grow within the span of a year or two, but chances are it was big enough that it became a, a problem. So yeah, makes sense. Uh, what's your first honorable mention, Alex? Uh, my first honorable mention is Cassie. Uh, Cassie is the dog on Hey Dude. Mm, yes. Uh, most people forget uh, about Hey Dude, but uh, oftentimes Buddy uh, through mm-hmm. the first season, maybe the first two seasons. I think it's just season one, though, that uh, they had Buddy who was uh, had had his dog Cassie. I mean, even in the opening credits, uh, when you see the character Buddy, he's got his dog Cassie. Yep. But Cassie, it's much like uh, Elvis. The dog's there. And that's about it. Uh, they don't really do anything with Cassie. Uh, I would imagine it would also be problematic to go all the way up to the ranch where they were filming with that dog. And it was hot and the dog probably didn't want to do anything. So mm-hmm. I think that they just ended up cutting because they didn't know what to do with the dog. So they just yeah. got got rid of the dog. Did Never said he died or anything. just Or she died. I forgot if it was a boy or a girl. I'm assuming a girl since the name's Cassie. Yeah. But uh it was it's just a, it's a cute dog and just the fact that i wanted to bring attention to the ca- to the character since you know it's often a, a forgotten thing and just shed a little light on the hey there's a pet in this episode remember this one exactly yeah i think she's a golden retriever if i remember correctly like she had a very blonde furred look mm-hmm. um I don't remember too much about her other than Buddy would occasionally talk to her when he was trying to figure things out. Like there that might was have been a, Yeah, there's a few situations where he had to solve something on his own while the rest of the the bar nun kids were just with Mr. Ernst or out and about. So yeah. Not too memorable, but she was there. Yeah. Worth mentioning her. Yeah, just a simple mention. Yep. Uh my second honorable mention is gonna be Spike from Rugrats. And we talked about him at length before, so I won't retread too much uh, water. Uh, I particularly love Spike's character, you know, very relaxed, very easygoing, um, gets along with Tommy and the baby's great, which I love that sense of uh, camaraderie there. And I love how Spike comes to the rescue to save Stu from uh, a little white mouse in the monster in the garage episode, which is paired with Candy Bar Creep Show, because Stu totally overreacts by seeing this itty bitty little monster under the, I mean, sorry, itty bitty little mouse underneath his car. And he like gets up on the hood and like freaks out. And of course, Spike just jumps over everything that's holding him back. I think he jumps over a child gate and leaps into the garage and just does like one roof. And then all of a sudden, the mouse scurries away. And then uh, Stu's like, oh, Spike, you saved my life. How could I ever repay you? I know. I'm going to have you sleep in the bed with us tonight. And then Dee's like, Stu, maybe you can sleep at the base of the bed, above the covers. <laughs> it's it's great. Like, I, I love him as a dog. I wish he was real. Um, also saves Tommy from that big monster dog at barbecue story, which you had mentioned before. And... He's really handy for transportation too, whether the the babies ride on him uh, or need to pull a wagon. So he's a utility dog. Uh, my my next honorable mention uh, could technically not be a pet, but in a way, I kind of think uh, he is. Yeah. But I I've included Swift from David the Gnome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I almost added Swift in my main list because Swift is a cool character. Uh, he is always there. He's the honorable 
companion for David and wanting to get him from place to place. Uh, I think at one point he even got hurt and David helped him out. Uh, but uh, the fact that the fact that they grew so close that on the very last episode that we had made mention of in our Patreon episode where Swift had to see I'm not going to give spoilers, but when he had to see how the show ended with with oh. David, and we feel bad for Swift more so than what happens. Well, I mean, what what happens at the end is sad and beautiful, but mm. you feel so bad for Swift because you 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 know how much that he loved these characters. Uh, your your heart just breaks. Uh, but uh, then he goes full Bambi, I think, and ends up finding a companion right at the very end, which is cute. But nothing. Uh, Sorry, I was gonna say nothing to make you forget about the the loss of your your owners like <laughs> like some girl booty. <laughs> uh, the the other three honorable mentions that I have, and I'll, I'll fly through them real quick. One of them is Schnitzel, and Schnitzel is the parrot on Wienerville. Uh, I do say that he that Schnitzel is a pet because he is in a birdcage, and uh, it, it's it's one of those Mark Wiener puppets. It's a fun, goofy character with uh, uh, the stereotypical parrot sound. It's it's just I don't have a whole lot to say. It's just a fun character. Watch Wienerville; they're fun. You can find them on YouTube. It's a cool character, and yeah. the uh, other two. They're, they're hand in hand. Uh, Garfield and Heathcliff. Sometimes the ones you love the most, the ones closest to you. There you are, my little Garfield. Will lead you out of house and home. All right, all right. Watch Garfield and Friends every weekday at 4.30, 3.30 Central on Nickelodeon. The vote is in. The official cat of Nickelodeon is Heathcliff. That is disgusting. For refusing to take a bath. For single-handedly trashing a restaurant. Just doing my job. For being more annoying to grown-ups than a painful itch, Nickelodeon awards you its highest honor. It pays to live a good life. It's unanimous. Suffer and suck it, Well, almost. Heathcliff is the official cat of Nickelodeon. Uh, much like uh, the Land of the Lost, uh, Tasha, there, and David the Gnome, they're not Nickelodeon original content, but they both did re-air on Nickelodeon. Uh, Heathcliff was mostly in the late 80s. Garfield, I think, was late 90s. Both orange, both sarcastic, both pretty tough. I mean, I would say Heathcliff is more street tough, and Garfield is more, like, really bossy uh, house cat, but yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're fun characters, and they still have a lot of people who really love both of these characters. Oh, yeah. uh, it, there's even been quite a debate whenever I would share some of them on Instagram over which character was better, a, a Heathcliff or uh, Garfield. So that's... Maybe we should reopen that debate and settle the score. Then we might have to do a versus battle between the two sometime. I mean, we could. I'm not opposed to just doing versus or uh, character battles. Mm -hmm. Like that'd be, a, that'd be a fun format for us to do in the future. But we, we would have to find some uh, aficionados of both uh, mm -hmm. shows because that'd be a lot of viewing for both you and I. But yeah. uh, uh, and, and from what I remember uh, or what I had heard, the DVD sets of Garfield and Friends is not 
they, they edited a lot for it. Uh, even the main format of it and stuff like that. It's it's not at all like the original run. Uh, so um, if anyone knows where you can find just original cuts, even if it's online somewhere, let us know. But uh, quick honorable mention just for Garfield and Heathcliff. Pretty pretty good picks. Like a few few obscure ones and a few ones that I hadn't thought about since my early childhood because I did <laughs> I did used to watch Heathcliff a, a lot not knowing it was on Nickelodeon I just remember the orange cat and getting some of the comic books and singing the Heathcliff Heathcliff you know that theme song um I don't remember anything about the theme song I just remember it's like <laughs> that typical 80s upbeat sound that you kind of get with all kids shows like hey everything's a sunny day and it's gonna be awesome you know, that sort of thing. Uh, speaking of 80s, I do want to squeeze in a quick uh, honorable mention here because it popped into my head. I want to mention Dr. Claw's cat from Inspector Gadget. <laughs> he looks, yeah, mainly just because he looks really fluffy and he goes great with a metal gauntlet and a deep booming voice. <laughs> yeah, he, he reminds me of... Um, like one of the gray fluffy cats who's like part of the cat gang in the junkyard of Heathcliff mm. and also like Cheshire cat with the big grin that he has on his face. And yes. I, I really don't have much to go on cause I don't remember most inspector gadget episodes other than I'll get you next time gadget next time. Which is full on straight ripoff of uh, well, homage to Blofeld and the White yep. Cat from uh, 007. Yep. If you want to hear more about that, go check our B3 episode on Patreon, which we did last year. Love that one. Mm -hmm. I agree. Uh, so moving on to dishonorable mentions, <laughs> I got I got a few bones to pick with these cats <laughs> because I couldn't keep the list short enough. They're like the more I dug into the the pet shop of 90s Nickelodeon the more I was like oh man all these pets suck I had to keep some off of here um, so I will do my best to get through it quickly and as painlessly as possible for anyone who may disagree with my picks so starting off I'm gonna pick Turdy the bird from Rocco's Modern Life and the reason why is because that bird is really annoying all it does it just pecks everyone who's not Philbert in the show particularly Rocco and causes a ruckus he even like destroys the scaffolding of his house and it like the top floor crashes onto the bottom floor and then it causes that strange monkey guy uh to constantly bug Rocco and you know Heifer ended up sitting on him causing him to die which good riddance he was an annoying pet but then they have to go through a whole ritual of like climbing up into a cloud a <laughs> uh, hundred stories above Filbert's trailer to do like a proper burial and then of course the the ladders fall down and they all fall. So <laughs> the only good thing about Turdy on the Bye Bye Birdie episode of Rocco is the fact that he's dressing up in shades and like swim trunks on a surfboard on the record. So he's like surfing bird from that song, The Trashman. And he's just spinning around the record while Heifer's looking at him in the cage, just wanting to be alive, just wanting him to be alive and pretend that he didn't sit on him and suffocate him with his big butt. Well, my... Uh... My first dishonorable mention is Stinky from Doug, which is Roger's cat, um, which I thought was a very good foil, to be honest, for Porkchop, because everyone loves Porkchop. Nobody likes Stinky, which is appropriate because nobody likes Roger. Exactly. 
but uh, it's fitting that the only two that either of them are going to love is each other, which I think is kind of cool, but Stinky's just a horrible character. I, uh, the fact that Stinky is always going around being the pet embodiment of Roger, just making everyone miserable, even pork chop. It's eh, that I, I don't care for Roger, and you're not supposed to. I don't care for Stinky, you're not supposed to. It's another pet that turned out to be a she in the end after they went through that um, that episode where Doug fed Stinky Pizza and ice cream and she turned out to be pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was like Stinky's only good moment in the entire series. Other other than like being on the pet capade stage, sitting there while Roger is like rock and rolling around her in circles and she was just like... <laughs> Yeah. I, I did like when uh, Roger was very, very confused as to how she had kittens. Well, that's a talk he had with his mother in the other room to find uh-huh. out where babies <laughs> come from. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I did like how Porchok was playing with the little kittens on his feet and bouncing them up. That was adorable. <laughs> and further reinforces that Porchop is the better pet of the two. Yep. I think he's nowhere to be found while her babies are sitting out there in the waiting room. Uh, moving on with my second dishonorable mention, uh, this is this is a very weird one that I it, it's I barely remember it, but I remember the imagery <laughs> and the premise of the of the episode, and it just makes me hate it. So, for anyone who likes Ren Stimpy out there, I'm sorry, but if you don't know this episode, then I'm not sorry. Uh, it's Stimpy's pet, pet clown. Uh, I don't think it had a name, but uh, I remember like the clown was secretly a, a gangster. And it was creating a lot of trouble and Ren didn't like the clown. And I really don't have anything good to say about the pet or the episode because it was a very weird relationship. Like if Ren and Stimpy were considered pets, um, like actually Stimpy was considered a pet in the, the, the mouse who cried rat or one of those season one or two episodes, that would be a, a more fitting case in Ren and Stimpy where, you know, a character as likable as a pet but this is just like totally out of left field and i, I didn't like how it was like had an alternate personality and don't watch the episode it's not worth it uh my my second dishonorable mention i'm actually going to save for last because this is also on brett's list so we can talk about this one together so i'm gonna s- skip forward and be the complete opposite of of brett's um uh, i don't care for spunky uh, I, I I hate to say that, uh, Brett. I think you're uh, you hit mute on your microphone. Yeah, I keep bumping go. into it because I'm so flustered by the dishonorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry to say, but uh, I Aww. I remember again. I love pork chop, and then Spunky just made me not want a dog. <laughs> uh, Why? Because he's too it, dumb. I I just didn't understand it uh, when I when I was a kid. And um, I, I couldn't understand why this dog would be so gross. Uh, he, he rolls into a, a bowl and then laps it all up and then does it over and over. He eats absolutely everything. He's as dumb as can be. Uh, how is this dog not dead? Uh, I, As a kid, I just, again, I didn't understand it. And uh, now as an adult, I'm like, okay, but that's about it. It's it's okay. I I don't latch onto the character, but then after playing the video game, where the whole game you're protecting mm. the dog, I'm like, okay, just the game alone. You are now on the dishonorable mention list. 
Spunky's Dangerous Days, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, uh. That and, and uh, SNES Guts. <laughs> oh my seventh, seventh Circle of Hell. Uh, Welcome yeah. to the video game library, Lay Marco. Yeah, I mean, I can understand where you're coming from. Spunky is a gross dog and a dumb dog, but I'm coming from the cuteness factor and how he's loyal and reliable and he cares about his owner, even if he is the one that often gets himself into hairy situations like being frozen in a block of ice and captured by a peg-legged pelican at the beach. So at least he serves some purpose than just a background character. And also, if, if you all remember, I hadn't seen Rocco since I was a kid. Uh, and even on the last episode that we just talked about on the Ren and Stimpy and All Real Monsters and we, we brought up Fortune Cookies episode, I don't... I remember some of it, but... All I, the only episodes I really remember are the ones that I had to study in preparation for our podcast. So I haven't seen all of Rocco's Modern Life since I was a kid, and I'm looking forward to watching more. So I've, much like Blue's Clues, how it grew on me when I got older, I'm sure I will grow to love Spunky more. But I'm still writing the pain from that SNES game, so he's he's going to be there for a while till he can redeem himself in some of our future episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we're going to rank uh, Rocco's Modern Life season by season down the road. Um, so at least that'll give you a chance to warm up to him and see him in more instances than just being an annoying escort mission. <laughs> by the way, escort missions suck. <laughs> that one's for you, Max, from Ready to Retro. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on to my third dishonorable mention. I'm going to be super quick with this one because um, we're actually spending a lot of time bashing pets here. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Herb the Snake from My Brother and Me from the episode A Stranger Among Us. And I didn't like him just because he didn't really do anything. He sat in a box. He hung out on a bunch of carpet in Dee Dee's room and Roger's office. He rapped on Dee Dee's legs, sort of. He allegedly ate Duchess the Rabbit off screen. And that's about it. Very, very boring snake. And when I see a snake on screen, I want to see carnage. I don't want to see implied murder or just gently wrapping around someone's leg like they're trying to hug them. I mean, I've, I've interacted with a snake in real life growing up. I remember this one time, ah, Charlie Horse, uh, where there's a, we had a Cub Scout meeting at our elementary school. <laughs> That's not a pet. Um, and we were having like some sort of show and tell of the local pet shop. And I remember they were like, allowing the Cub Scouts to go up and like have the different pets put on them to see what it was like to interact with them, whether it's like uh, an iguana or a parrot or like a small dog or something to that extent. And of course, being the kid that I was who loved monsters and creatures of all sorts, I picked the boa constrictor, which is like this big around uh, body wise and like 10 foot long. I had him wrapped around my neck like a vest and I was like, wow, this is cool. But also his scales feel weird and tingly on my on my neck and shoulders. And I really hope he doesn't bite me. <laughs> Luckily, I was able to hold on to him for like 10 seconds before the, the pet shop owner took him off my shoulders. But that, that was my interaction with um, a pet snake and I enjoy it. It was it was a rush. <laughs> uh, so speaking of dangerous animals, uh, I my my last one outside of the one that you and I are going to talk about together, uh, and it can be said that this is more a weapon, but I I will argue the fact that this was also a pet because Doctor Culex, 
loves mosquitoes. Uh, uh, yeah, so I am also counting Dr. Culex's mosquitoes as a pet. And um, there is nothing redeeming about these mosquitoes. Uh, if you have listened to our Culex experiment episode, you'll understand why that these things are not to be trifled with. But outside of story-wise how dangerous they are, to see how they're actually displayed on screen is quite laughable. Yeah. It's not. It's not a good effect. I think uh, the effects on animorphs was more convincing than uh, these mosquitoes were, or or even the the morphing effect of the first uh, Dad's Dumper, Dumpster episode of Power Rangers, where all the rangers morph into their ancient animal. Yeah. So <laughs> it's it's not a, a the series the season is a lot of fun uh and i love the story of the mosquitoes but you're not supposed to like these mosquitoes and you don't and the effect did not help uh well i got two more dishonorable mentions so i'll talk about this next one and then we can you know spar with this last one depending on how we feel <laughs> um i got another are you afraid of the dark mention surprise surprise and i <gasps> i hinted <gasps> i i hinted on it Briefly, when I talked about Gordon the Werewolf, but this one I definitely don't like because of how how evil they are at their core. And I'm talking about the chameleons from the season five episode of the same title with T and Tamara Maori, because from the from the beginning in the pet shop they have an agenda just to take over the human race by biting their owners with the whole bite you once, bite you twice, a little water pay the price incantation. And uh, they essentially copy the person that they're biting. It's like they're sampling their DNA and then they grow into the person that is their victim. And then they're just like constantly trying to find ways to murder the person. In this case with uh, the evil twin, like constantly getting the knife or like turning the the victim who's now an iguana slash chameleon, uh, throwing them in the garbage disposal in the sink. I mean, that's brutal. And then in the end, when uh, their friend picks the wrong, spoiler, wrong character of the twins, uh, turning them back into the chameleon with like the garden hose, the, the evil twin who remains behind throws the, the innocent one into the well and it implies with the ending that she drowned to death while this box of uh, mail order iguanas who are part of her brethren are going to essentially form an army of chameleons that take over the human race by replicating them. Uh, who knows if they're like related to the reptilians in the tale of the hatching, but I feel like there's there's something bigger going on here behind the scenes that is just not make them trustworthy or even worthy of having them in a terrarium in, in your house or pet shop. And so, of course, we have our last dishonorable mention, which is the most loathsome of them all, because <laughs> I really, really don't like this character. Uh, it is Fluffy from Rugrats. Oh, poor Fluffy. I mean, the only thing that Fluffy's got going for her is fluffy fur, but everything else, ugh. Like, I especially hate her in the episode Fluffy versus Spike, where she literally frames Spike for everything bad that goes on around the house, where she's like knocking crap over and like, it, it's, ugh, I, I hate this pet so much. I hate, it's, it's just pet form of Angelica. What can I say? Like, take her away to the animal pounds. She doesn't deserve to be in here. And every time she's around Spike, she's like nasty. And Spike's just trying to be a lazy, comfortable dog like my kneecap over there. So 
don't cause trouble, damn it. <laughs> so Angelica and Fluffy or Roger and Stinky? I actually prefer Stinky a little bit more than Fluffy <laughs> yes. because at least yes. Stinky has a personality. Stinky has babies. Stinky also dresses up in in um, costumes occasionally, like for pet capades, and also has fellow cat buddies while they drink milk on the fence and meow. So Stinky's got a tiny bit of charm based on some of the duck episodes I've seen. Fluffy, I hate her every single instance I see her on Rugrats. Everyone. Uh, I agree with you 100%. I have nothing new to add because it was you said everything I was going to say. I, I do not like her, Sam. I am. Yeah. You can edit this out, but I'm just going to get it off my chest. You, Fluffy, go to Nicktoon <laughs> Hell. Okay. <laughs> Nikau. Now that I've talked about all my my favorite and non-favorite Nick pets, do you have anything to add? Nikau? Uh, what? We're doing a podcast episode? I, I, I thought you were going to give me my midnight snack. From Porkchop's house. Well, Nikau, I mean, I already fed you earlier, so what do you want me to do? Don't talk to me until tomorrow morning when I have to go out to poop again. <sighs> Fine, Nikau, be that way. You know, I give you an opportunity to be a star on TV on, on our podcast, and you just waste it by sleeping our episode away. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> oh, well. Um... <laughs> Personal issues aside, we're actually going to move on to our next segment, which is Shout Out Your Lungs Out, a fan favorite. So we pulled Instagram and YouTube to see what our Slimesters had to say for their favorite Nick pets, uh, because we all love to share some of our answers and just engage with all you Slimesters and Gackoids out there to uh, continue further our bonds, strengthening our bonds with our community. So here's what the following Slimesters and Gackoids have to say. So our buddy Travis Kemp says he likes Porkchop from Doug as his favorite Nick pet. Great choice, we agree with you. Bree, who's from the like Goosebumps but only with breakdancing uh, podcast, definitely goes with Spunky. I also like that choice. Manny, uh, who's our buddy who's helping us behind the scenes on this podcast, he also likes pork chop. Adam English uh, definitely likes Spike from Rugrats. Who wouldn't want him as their dog? Smiley face. Yeah, yeah, he's a great dog for sure. Ryan Smiga, who's one of our patrons, likes Ren Hoek. And I thought that was an interesting choice because <laughs> I don't necessarily consider him a pet, but he is a chihuahua after all. He just doesn't have an owner. Take with that what you will. Uh, Cynthia Pruitt also goes with Porkchop. There is no other option. So I guess Porkchop so far is the alpha dog in all of our picks today. Uh, our friend Ali Mander, who is on our recent P&P episode battle, also goes with Spunky. I love that he was just a normal pup and I wanted to snuggle him. I share the same sentiments, Ali. He is a very cute dog, even if he has, is disgusting and uh, gets himself into trouble sometimes. Uh, Gimme the 90s says Darwin from the Wild Thornberries, which I didn't even think about because he's a talking chimp, so I don't necessarily consider him a pet. I actually consider Donnie more of a pet just because of the way he behaves. So take with that what you will. <laughs> uh, Mike Je Gems, J E H M S 
Z uh, goes with Gus the Sucky Sock Dog from Roundhouse. And I said, talk about a deep cut because I never even heard of that. Uh, and Alex, if you know something about that, feel free to elaborate for all of our listeners. Uh, so this was from the season two episode uh, that was called Pets. And the any family got a new pet and it was a dog. And of course, they're not going to have a real dog going around on the set. Um, <laughs> It said it was John Crane as any dad with literally a sock on his hand that they drew a face on. And he was just being uh, moving his fingers up and down, being the 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 sock dog. And I think at one point they even had a fake uh, dog house that he had it sit in. And <laughs> it's great. it's pretty fun. I'll, I'll add a quick clip here just uh, because, you know, it's Roundhouse and we love Roundhouse. I, I'm curious to see what this this pet looks like now, because I've never seen Gus the sucky sock dog before. I know you really wanted a dog, so I got you one. Oh, I did! Say hello to our new pal, Gus. What'd you expect on this show? A real dog? Ah, uh, hiya, boys and girls. I'm delighted to be here. Hey, Gus. Hey, fella. Hey! What is this? How dumb do you think we are? Well, I don't think we have time to get into that right now. Dad, that's not a real dog. It looks like some kind of sucky sock dog. That's right. It's a new breed, sucky sock. They've just been approved by the American Kennel Association. Uh, moving on. Nostalgia Junkies podcast says September the dog from the Offbeats, which I remember very well from Complam and also the occasional Snick Short. Uh, he's a fun dog. He's he's very intelligent. He he actually speaks English, similar to like Doug from Up, um, Pixar's Up, that yep. is, and uh, he often conspires with August to help him solve his problems, whatever he's dealing with for the particular short. So uh, I like his wit and his intellect and his deadpan demeanor. Good pick. Good pick. Good pick yeah. yeah. Uh, ben Bink 888 also likes Spike the dog from Rugrats, which we agree. He's a lovable dog. Uh, our friend Catherine Jersey goes with Porkchop with an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, he's a great dog. Monica, uh, my wife, and also the person who suggested this topic goes with Porkchop and Spunky, which love both of those dogs. Yeah, those are very popular picks today, it seems. Uh, Mar- Marley Mook also goes with Porkchop. There he is. He's he's enjoying all the all the praise he's getting <laughs> while he's watching Splat Attack on YouTube. <laughs> and then lastly, we have It's Scooby Doobie who says Spunky. So mostly, oh, oh, sorry. I, I missed this one because it was wedged in between... Um, Gus the Sucky Sock Dog on my list. Uh, Nikki, who goes by Nicopotamus on Instagram, she picks Clarissa's Elvis. So yeah, go f- go you for going with uh, Clarissa's pet because he's often <laughs> overlooked as well. Um, those are all great picks, guys. I-, I think we had like six people pick Pork Chop, four for yep. Spunky, two for Spike, and two for Gus the Sucky Sock Dog. So those seem to be the most popular picks today. All right. Well, um, we'll we'll try one more time before we head out of the pet shop and, uh, you know, just uh, make sure our pets rest peacefully tonight. Uh, Nikau, do you have any final thoughts on our favorite Nick Pets episode? Nikau. Nikau. (laughs) Nikau. Come here. Nikau. Leave me alone, bro. I'm tired. I'm not going to do this episode anymore. I warned you. Fine, Nikau. Have it your way. (laughs) <laughs> Alex, any final thoughts before we head out? Uh, no, I have no final thoughts. Any final thoughts, no thoughts from Olivia? They are, they are empty. No, her final thought is, are you done yet? Because I want my food. Fair enough. 
Does she want to she, make another she, appearance on the episode? She bailed on me. She just went around the corner. She's like, nope, you're not getting me. I had to chase her down for the intro, and then she was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're not doing this. You know, you know, this was a fun idea in theory on paper, but <laughs> I guess pets are less willing to be on camera than humans, so <laughs> th that's the moral of the story. Uh, all right, well, let's let's close up shop and head home. Uh, Gakoi, I'm sorry, Slimesters, uh, here's our closing question. What 90s dick pet are you dying to own? Write to us via email at splatattack2021 at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram at splatattackpodcast. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at splatattackpodcast as well. Or just interact with us wherever you find us on social media, whether it's Twitter, TikTok, Patreon, or Instagram. Maybe Facebook too, but I'm not active on there. Alex might be. I might. A, a little bit. Yeah. We're mainly active on YouTube, Instagram, and Patreon. So if, if you want to chat with us or talk 90s Nick, just, just head there. Uh, also, we have a Patreon, in case you didn't know. We <laughs> recently released our Cursed Skull Salute Your Shorts episode review, which had three lovely guests talk about it with us. Uh, Andrew from BOC, our friend Justin, and our friend Dan from Vanilla Weiss and the Nostalgic Nerds podcast. I highly recommend you go check that out, whether it's the audio version or the video version. And... You know, our tiers are very affordable for the casual 90s Nick fan. So check it out, sign up, and interact with the Gatcoids over there. Uh, we also have a bonfire page uh, where we have some very cool mugs and t-shirts featuring our logos from various seasons, along with our Team Slimester and Team Gatcoid shirts. We also, for a time, had some made-up Legends of the Hidden Temple shirts, like the one I'm wearing here. This is uh, the Magenta Meerkats all the way back from episode 8, where we did the top 20 hidden temple runs. I figured I'd wear it because it's the only pet thing I have to wear. <laughs> um, so th those shirts are no longer up on our bonfire page, but honestly, if you guys have any ideas for shirts that you really want made, just let us know and we'll put it up there for you, whether it's like, you know, a popular quote from Nickelodeon or just a character um, so that you can show your support and splat attack pride. Alrighty. Thank you, Nikau and Olivia, for joining us today, even though you're kind of half-present right now. <laughs> she's here, but she's, she's not here. We appreciate you pets uh, taking the time to give us your attention while we talk about this topic, even though you have no idea what we're talking about. But we're still happy to have you here just for the companionship. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone, Dad. I don't want to be on Splat Attack ever again. Suit yourself, Nikau. Suit yourself. Tune in next time, Slimesters, when we get ready for baseball season with a double header of Hey Arnold, taking a swing at the episode battle format this time around. The two episodes that we are going to be battling against each other are different from when we had originally recorded this episode. We will be putting Field Trip against Pigeon Man with Julian Hester as our guest judge. We'll see you there. Until then, Alex, will you drain the slime tank for us, please? I've got to grab another sack of uh, nitty-gritty kitty litter for Stimpy and Sven. Apparently they need some more private time in the other room along with uh, Olivia and Nikau. <laughs> aye, aye co-captain. Just don't miss on the electric fence on your way there and walk Nikau while you're at it. He's tap dancing a bit more frantically than Ginger from Beetlejuice. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in his dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Splash you later, petsters. Come on, Nikau. Let's go for uh, a walk and take a poo-poo outside. <laughs> Come on, Olivia. I'll get your dinner ready. Ah, see you later, guys. <laughs>
Hey, wait a minute. You can't talk your dog. 